Oh boy. And this is the Quack 12 podcast, the most official, unofficial Oregon Ducks podcast on the web, Buddhosphere. And Aaron, I watched four Duck basketball games. Good four God, man. I know. I know. Some of them were pretty damn painful, too. Now, okay. I will have to say, though, off the bat, that mm-hmm. does make me feel better that you were able to watch them because my DVR only grabbed two games. Oh, no. Both of which were the men's games. Yeah, I and can I tell went, you why. It's annoying. And I went, oh, no. It's because the women are so bad this season. Yep. They're yep. not even televising them. That's the answer. Well, the, you yeah. went to the games? No, they were on um, live streams. Like you can go to goducks.com. Yeah. No way. That's where we're at. That's where What's we're at. worse, uh, radio only or streaming on the school's website? <sighs> I mean, the stream can be pretty rough because it's it's truly like two different cameras there. There's uh-huh. like one up in the bleachers. Yeah. And there's the generic one that you normally see. Yeah. Sometimes there's only one. And then sometimes the you'll hear like the radio guys talking, but then you'll hear the actual in stadium like yeah. speakers as yeah. well. And you're hearing mm-hmm. both and say like Love it's, it. it's pretty Love rough. It. Even for the pack standards, pretty rough production quality. Now, do you believe that maybe that should be a cause for Nike to pony up some advertising money and maybe buy some slots during the Oregon Ducks women's games so that way stations like Pac-12 will air it well no like you don't. even pack 12 won't air this yeah it's it's unfortunate because there, there's the main pack 12 feed that you're gonna get in most like basic or not basic cable but whatever level of cable that you're getting the pack 12 network usually it's an additional sports package I feel yeah like. it is and for me like i had to pay the additional sling sports package mm-hmm. and that at least you get all six Pac-12 channels. Holy crap! Holy, there's that many. There's that. Um, maybe they should. Maybe that's what they they diversified too quickly. They do. And well, and in that one, you'll have like Oregon, even when they're not the top slot. Sure, you'll still have their uh, them there at least. Fortunately, the Pac-12 network is on. It's on the way of the dodo, my man. Mm-hmm. They ain't gonna be around. It can be the Pack Two Network coming up. Who, who knows what the <laughs> hell is going on there? But um, yeah, we didn't make the cut in the women's team, and uh, the only thing that's gonna get us—I mean, if that slot were to exist next year, which it won't—but the only thing that would get us back there is just being a better team, which we and, will be by uh, comparison. Which, hopefully, I don't know. Uh I'll tell you the trajectory right now for Oregon's women basketball is certainly not up. But before we get into well, basketball, right. I do have I do have a, a bit, a little bit of uh Oregon football news if you'd like. Okay, to. great. Now it's fun. I think it's fun. Okay. 
Washington. Do I get to have a hot take, or is it just like, maybe? Just I, good times. There's something to have, maybe a hot take on. What, what's we'll your see. take on? So we got the transfer portal. Yeah, it's really shaking up college football, as you it, know. Yeah, sure. For some people, saying it's you know definitely helping out the sport, helping the f- sport get into the future, giving uh, athletes some more rights, the yeah. rights that, co- that a college uh, football coach would have. You know, the right to yeah get your shit and leave at any moment. That's right. Now, other people are saying it's it's killing the whole thing. You, you know, you're not recognizing the roster anymore. And especially when one of Ooh, your players me... goes to a rival, that's that's a huge deal. Yeah, and it's happening more and more. Aaron, I don't know if you remember this guy, but Washington had, I would say, the star, a star cornerback for them. Mm-hmm. In a Mr. Jabbar Muhammad, he was that the name man sounds who, familiar. I feel like I remember you bringing him up when we played them one of the times. Probably he was and, maybe pretty impressive the second time in the championship game. May have, uh, and you know, I think he had like one pass deflection, but as that was maybe say, it. I think yeah, that was the bring up. I'm pretty sure. As we say though, um, when you're a cornerback. Just because your stats aren't like flying off the page, that doesn't mean that actually could mean you're really, really good and they're right. choosing not to even throw to you because Amen to you if you can do that. Yeah. My exactly. God. Uh he was the guy too that he had a move, he had a signature move after he would do a pass breakup or defend something really well. He'd mm-hmm. go uh for watchers on YouTube. I'm doing Yeah, I'm ready. Right you kinda It looks like he made a Superman. Well, he made a box with his hands. Made a like, box. Okay, like so this that's a box, box. This throwing window, if you will. Yeah. And then he goes shut down. Two thumbs down. Like yeah, not gonna work. Love it. Yeah. Love it. It was pretty fun. I mean, I hated it when he did it to us uh-huh. for obvious reasons. I would. I would alter it slightly. What's that? I'd do the box. Yeah. But then I'd add the. Oh, that's a the neck you slice. Slit the throat. The, yeah, the nope. Slit the throat. Nope. That's that's gonna get you a flag, maybe. But it is pretty hardcore. I'll oh, is that. it really? I mean, slitting, doing a big. I'm gonna slit your throat. Some it's it depends on who the ref is on the given day. You know like, what I would do? Like some people, that would be enough to get you, you a know, flag. His move. You know the uh, the famous. Uh, there's some kind of uh, famous cartoon character. It's a little baby. She's having her diaper pulled down by a dog, and it has oh. some kind of sun correlation. Are you talking about, yeah, the suntan lotion one? Okay, sure. We all have yeah. that picture in our image. We all know what I mean, though, when I say that. And she's like this. Yeah, yeah, She's yeah. like got her hand over her mouth. Yeah. Uh, I would make that pose, right? But oh. then I would wave my other hand behind my butt like so that way i'm like ooh, stinky (laughs) that's probably not getting you a penalty so that's good the other thing is is that essentially have you seen this one because a lot of football players and and i feel like i've derailed us with this no 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 i mean this is what we're talking about a lot of football players do this one and i i in my head, I'm like, is it? Are they really talking about this? They go like, 
you know when like someone will point forward like you got the first down like yeah first down but they go like 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 sniffing their fingers like yep you know like as it, like their two fingers i think we yep. all know what that usually yep. means sniffing their two fingers and then doing the first down and it's yeah like, is that what i think, think it able- means I think they're able to get away with it because it looks like you're loading a bow and arrow, you know, you're doing that, yeah, but it's so, it's so clearly that, and yeah. it's funny too. Cause if you did the next slit, that'd be a penalty. But yeah. if goddamn Penix does 300 arrows into the crowd after uh-huh. scoring a touchdown, that's apparently fine. But if Terrence Ferguson spins the ball, that's a warning. I don't know. Whatever. But anyways, that man. I mean, Marshawn Lynch isn't able to jump backwards into the end zone <laughs> while was, throwing a Michael Jackson. Fined. I think he got fined for that one, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And he <laughs> kept they, doing it because it's any, a stupid thing to say he can't do. Yeah. I, mean, I like nowadays, yeah. Look, if these guys need something to have a calling card, right? It's just like a wrestler has their great lines, you know, fucking cream of the crop, all of this kind of shit. Brother, you know, uh, they just need a package because at the end of the day and to get to the end of the point or to the beginning of the point too here, because I have <laughs> okay. a lot to talk about already. Let's start at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would first, if you're one of the people who is anti-transfer portal, uh, I would have to ask you, do you gamble on college sports? And if your answer is yes, then you cannot be anti-transfer portal. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You don't get to to have it, and the kid doesn't. Uh, But also, I'm all for hand signs because, as I was going to say, this is we're all about the money now for these kids. Yeah, why not? And so if they can get a thing going – that 10 and 12 year old boys are walking around doing, you know, then, Hey, that's Jersey sales, baby. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's fun. And landing is down with it. Cause to announce this, uh-huh. uh, it was pretty fun. Oh, what are we announcing? No, to announce, uh, that Muhammad's coming over. Oh, he, he decided to be a duck. I, I don't think we ever got to that part of uh, well, the reveal because yeah, I derailed us on uh, movement. Well, the reveal, which was very fun, is Dan Lanning tweeted. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to check, just making sure. Uh, yeah. I'm fairly certain. Yep. Double you check it. Make sure we don't want to lie. And then a little box symbol and then two thumbs down. Which is fun. that's no good. That seems like that's what it is. Box, two thumbs down. Yeah, but it sounds like Dan Lanning is saying nope to the Ducks. Is he leaving <laughs> and going to Washington? Is well, there Dan were Lanning some mixed messages. I will it's, tell you it's, this. It's cute. I get what he's going for. It yeah. works, but it has a double entendre that enemies will take advantage of, and we have to avoid giving any ammunition to enemies. Uh, well, oh, I should say Jabbar Muhammad tweeted that, and then I think Dan Lanning retweeted that. But also, uh-huh. some people have hated the some mixed messaging. Where right. I, I, you get this in Seattle too, I'm sure. Where people are very in the Northwest anti-umbrella. Have you caught this? They're very into the oh, idea. Yeah, of like, duh. 
Yeah, they're very into the idea. Use a like, raincoat. Duh. True Pacific Northwest people would never wear use an umbrella. It is rude to use an umbrella. People who, because and I'm going to say this really quick. Hey, we got time. I don't actually believe this. Okay, there you but go. as a hot take, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and as <laughs> someone like... who only wears a raincoat, and I don't actually care if you use an umbrella or not. But using an umbrella is rude because I am six <laughs> two. Oh. Everywhere I go, mm-hmm. there are umbrellas directly in my eyeballs. Mm. I am constantly having to divert myself. Mm. And when you're trying to do some downtown shopping, yeah, and all the stores have a covered awning, mm-hmm. so there's no rain there, mm-hmm. but yet everyone with an umbrella still chooses to be underneath the awning as well. It's That's like, rude. what are you, what are you doing here? That's rude. Or like you... a bus stop, and you got your umbrella out. Come you on. know what I hate? I hate it when people are walking their dogs and the dogs have one of those hats that's just a little mini umbrella just over the dog's head. Oh, my God. Disgusting. How do you feel about when they have backpacks that are see-through and there's a cat in there? I get that. I went to a high school that shortly after I left, they turned uh, the policy into clear backpacks for all the kids. So the cat will be fine with you as long as you can see it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Jabbar Muhammad, they had yeah. a picture of him in a in a decal <laughs> yep. like, to announce it. Him jumping around in Austin holding an umbrella. And it was like, Well, you're in the Pacific Northwest, so what's up with the umbrella? But he's from Seattle. He's from Seattle. He should still know then. Tons the of people. Is, but see, we're all we're all we're all tech transplant now. Like 70%. Mm. So it is full. It's umbrella game in Seattle is umbrella town now. They don't know. And then the other thing is, if you're in Austin Stadium, why do you need an umbrella? It never rains. It's never raining. That. Now that one makes sense to me. They should have thought of that one through, I feel. Aaron, uh, so basically, I think the, the sign of a truly, truly, truly elite program like a Georgia or an Alabama. Mm hmm or even in Ohio state at times is that they're like, we don't even need that many transfer uh, portal, like people coming into the program because, you know, we got such good freshmen and the backups and the, and veterans are sticking around yeah, instead uh, of going uh, to the NFL. Like that's until the best those time. kids decide to jump into the transfer portal. Yeah, no, exactly. But like Georgia on their best runs, we're literally like, we just won the national championship. Mm-hmm. And from that team, we have some people going to the NFL, but not that many transfers out. And we are taking no transfers in because we don't need it. And then they won the national championship again. Like, that's the highest level of like, holy shit, this roster is unstoppable. But just below that, still very, very elite as far as college football is concerned. Yeah. Is having getting some of the best players to transfer in on a roster that already is really good, but has a few holes. We're at mm-hmm. that right now. And as well, far- where are the holes quarterback, which I think well, we've not- pre-decided is our game plan is we're always going to grab a senior. <laughs> we're certainly not going to not do that. You know? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, quarterback, you're right. Was a hole. And we've absolutely filled that. You imagine with Dylan Gabriel and Dante Moore. Two very mm-hmm. highly rated transfers. You know, Dylan well, Gabriel was the highest rated uh, option at 
in the transfer portal uh, for at quarterback. And if I remember correctly, Hithliday mm-hmm. said you got to grow your offensive line. So, dear God, yeah. I hope we're not filling in any holes there. I but mean, I would gander a guess that we are filling in secondary. And look at you. Uh, we're probably also filling in some defensive issues that we had on the line. Uh, I, I mean, I, yeah, I basically would say uh, secondary is huge. Jabbar Muhammad and like we had some transfers out of the program and a lot of them make, you know, certainly are making more sense now how things are shaping up. For example, like, uh, Cole Martin, he was a cornerback. His dad also was coaching for us and now has is not. But he, uh, Cole Martin, transferred over to Arizona State. Power to him. We love Kenny Dillingham. We also got, um, like, for example, Damon David. He transferred out. He was a safety. Didn't see too much time. Triquez Bridges flirted with going over to Washington, but instead is over at Florida. He got quite a bit of time at cornerback, especially when Julio Florence was injured. Uh, Brian Addison transferring over to UCLA. So some of those players who were getting playing time suddenly decided to leave. And I really think it's because Dan Lanning's like, by the way, like, like he said, uh, he tells people, when he's recruiting them, whether they're a freshman or through the transfer portal, he tells them, just so you know, right when you become an Oregon Duck, right when you join our roster, we are immediately going to go out and look for someone that's better than you. Like, you are now the new bar, and we're trying to find someone better than you. And for some people, that's going to run you off. And for others, you're going to take that as, like, that's the motivate, you know, and like if you yeah. want to be on the best team, that's the mentality you have to have. Well, it's yeah, it's also so fascinating, right? Because you are entering them into the program as the program. You're saying you yeah. are the standard. Yeah. If you become substandard, I mean, what an interesting motivational tactic. I kind of. You know, it's it's just so fascinating the uh that that level of the game. Like yeah. the 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 getting kids to slip into the team mentality, but also yeah, anyway. Yeah. Love it. You hate it at the same time. Yeah. I mean it's a it's a tough thing to balance because you got like Washington, for example, who had this national championship team, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden everything has fallen off at the same yeah. time. Uh luckily if Dan Lanning sticks around, that shouldn't really happen. Um, we are the third best transfer portal kind of ranking, which is in the world. I guess you could say in the college football world, which is the world. So that's yeah. huge. That's um, huge. We got like, especially addition, like you said, the additions to the secondary show where our mind was at because we got Jabbar Muhammad from Washington, Cam Alexander from uh, UTSA, University of Texas, San Antonio. Yeah. He's pretty highly rated too. He's a four star. Or I don't know if that was a four star, if he's ranked as a four star as a transfer. I don't know. I kind of forget. Um, Brandon Johnson from Duke. Duke had a really good defense. Kobe Savage from Kansas State. He was a safety. Uh, so we're j- definitely addressing those two quarterbacks. Like we said, we had we have to replace Camden Lewis. So we went over huh. to Oregon State. 
got Atticus Sappington. Interesting name. That's like the most like that's like the rich uh fraternity in like Animal House. There would be yeah. a character named Atticus Sappington. This is the character in uh, Necessary Roughness that you, when you do the reboot of Necessary Roughness. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's a Texas, it's a football movie. It's a college football movie that's set at Texas State University. Texas Forever. Uh, Texas State actually yeah. came into the news recently, too. You yeah. want to talk about that for a second? I got an sure, interesting So... You know, Texas has all these like, oh, Texas is hyper conservative, hyper conservative. Here's a little. Instance. I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. yeah. Um, here's a little instance of kind of the opposite. That's kind of fun where Jaden Delora, known bad dude. He was the quarterback for Wazoo and then he transferred over and then he was the quarterback for Arizona until Noah Fafita like outplayed him and replaced him. He transferred over to Texas State. Texas State's quarterback is like, oh, well, writing's on the wall for me. I'm out of here. But then because of his known uh, Jaden Delora, he admitted, I believe he pled guilty to basically sexual assault. Not basically, I believe sexual assault to someone in high school when he was in high school as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was recruited still having known that and even started in some games, you know, in Arizona, like a whole season. Uh, um, a lot, some of the coaches would get some, you know, like uh pushback of like, why are you starting this guy? When right. He's a known sexual assaulter. Well, he transfers over to Texas state and Texas state students are like, Oh no, we're protesting this shit. Fuck this shit. And then, uh, Texas State shuts that down and so they okay, never mind. And Jaden Delora pulls his name out, like no longer wants to play for Texas State. And uh I just thought it was interesting where it's like, I don't know. So you didn't have to make the decision because like Arizona constantly was being like, Well, we have to start this guy. He's good. We yeah. we can't not win games. And that let alone the fact that Noah Fita ended up being a better quarterback anyways, but it's, it's interesting, you know, like, yeah, yeah. You don't have to start these guys. And I, I hope to God Oregon's never in this situation where we're starting someone who's a known terrible human being, you know, uh, uh-huh, 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 cause that's uh-huh. going to be some moral, uh, <laughs> questions. I mean, that We've had questionable individuals. We've had questionable individuals, not quite to this level where there's like no sexual assault and they're still on the team and they're a starter. Why am I so stupid as to not know where Texas State is? I don't know. I I assumed you would. But uh, anyways. Oh, San Marcos? Jeez. So tiny. Really? Uh, If it's the one I'm thinking of, though, I think they actually have a really good recording arts program there well there you go they're probably probably part of the protests my guess um jamari caldwell is another uh from the university of houston you know where that is Um, oh yeah he transferred over from uh he he plays on the d-line he's like a nose tackle that's a crucial place for us so that's also helping on the line like you said on the defensive line and then um not many more than that besides we got like a running back uh jay harris and then evan stewart from texas a&m a mm. five-star receiver oh that's huge like he he should be 
really like he's kind of like trying to replace the Troy Franklin role. Uh, yeah, obviously that's huge. Had some losses, that's a giant but, thing going on with the transfer shit. Yeah, I just wanted to say like things are looking pretty good. Obviously, we're losing some too, but um, without being too insulting, I think so far it's all been only a positive. Yep, especially to the secondary. I'm really hoping that gets shored up. Now, Aaron. I got a little button I'm about to push and spec. Uh oh. Theme song. Quaxable. And we are back on Quack. Quack, quack. I love that fucking song. <laughs> it's pretty cool. We, maybe we should put it on Spotify. Maybe you do well. Get like a million listens, get like yeah. a dollar. Sounds Here's good what to you me. do. Here's what we do. We I will upload it to mm-hmm. all the streaming services. We'll mm-hmm. go buy ads on YouTube. Okay. The whole song will play in five seconds, which is mm-hmm. perfect, which is how long those ads are. That will count as a stream. We will make royalties mm. off of that. Does it hurt that I used the Curtis Blow basketball karaoke backing track without getting any permission. Oh, uh, <laughs> we, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh. hurt our chances there. <laughs> now, Aaron, uh, go Aaron, talking my to man, you. Yeah, I see you got a big bowl of empty oranges next to you. Yep, thousands of oranges you've eaten this morning. It looks like you got a joint in your hand. What? This, this is about the time I need to ask you the question. Men's or women's basketball? Oh, I think. Start with. I think we're definitely going to. Uh, well, you know, it's a tough one. Yeah, because I do know outcomes. Uh, but let's go with the women. Let's pull that plug because it wasn't even televised, y'all. From live from GoDucks.com. <laughs> Well, honestly, Aaron, maybe sometimes it's uh it's a better thing to not be uh to not be televised cuz we won. Cuz we won both of them, baby. Wow. <laughs> no, it's not true. Um, oh, no. Instead, instead of that, what would have been uplifting news? Well, let's start with so we played against Utah, and this was pretty, I don't know, this is better than you would imagine. As if you remember, mm-hmm. we are in a stretch of just ridiculously tough basketball for the women's team. Right. Like um, it's going to be a drag for about a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah, buddy. Uh, as of right now, like this is where we're at. We're, we played number 16, Utah. Then we played number three, Colorado. Both of those were at home. Mm-hmm. Then we at home still number 18, Oregon State. Then we go on the road to play number six, Colorado. Then we go on the road to play number 20, Utah. Then uh, at home, number 15, USC. And at home, number seven, UCLA. So all ranked teams, all very good, uh, all ready to kick our butts. All of them have already beaten us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so that's that's well, incredibly... you know, we talked about it last week and we should probably just reiterate it this week for everybody <laughs> out there. Uh, you know, what we need to do as a team this season is realize that we're there 
to support the Pac-12 teams in getting as far that. as they can in the tournament that is coming up for You're them. For we're sure. stepping stones. What we're saying. What I'm saying is that we are uh, a great practice squad because we don't stop fighting for the whole game. We give it nothing but A plus efforts, and they feel that while they lead by twelve points. I mean, for a, I'll, <laughs> yeah, I agree. We're a good practice squad. Um, well, okay, we gave Utah a little scare, so that's good for them. Yeah. We're helping them out. This is in front of like goddamn seven thousand fans too. Like, God Almighty, a good amount of people. And I mean, let's things. be for real here. Mm-hmm. This is a conference game. Not televised. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. Here we go. 7,000 fans showed up. We actually started off really freaking strong in this one. And our defense, basically the whole game through, was really good. Like, uh, Slash Utah was having a really surprisingly awful night. Like, usually they're one of the best three-point shooting teams. They're one of the best offenses in the country, in the Pac-12, in general. Not tonight. And we started this game going off like an 8-0 run right off the bat. Utah didn't hey. score until four minutes remaining in the first quarter. Wow. Like, Yeah. So we were killing them. They got within like 10-7 to 7 for a little while. And they, they lead the country with like 11.7 uh, three-pointers per game. And we're hitting nothing. And we actually, like, Chance Gray was hitting three-pointers, too. Like, uh, we were really killing it for a little bit. And then at the halftime, even, like, we were responding well. And we did have a halftime lead, 29-21. to And then just an absolute disastrous third quarter. Disastrous Uh second half in general. And uh, before you knew it, like... Uh, in the third quarter, we were outscored like 22 to seven, I do believe. And it was just off to the races from there. Like not even there was a little spark for a second by like uh, Priscilla Williams hit a three pointer. Right. She's Um, trying to stay alive out there. She was trying. We did cut to the lead like by three points. It was like 51 to 48. But from that point on, they just pulled away and they got like a 10 point. Uh, it was fifty eight forty eight in the end, and uh, it was mm-hmm. it was just unfortunate because it was there obviously, and it and the whole time it felt like we're doing a great job limiting them to terrible shooting numbers, but that can change at any moment for them because they're a good shooting team, and you can't keep a good shooting team down the whole game typically. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can keep a bad shooting down team. Uh, sorry, a bad shooting team down very right. easily, and that's what they did to us. Like we were never able to have a dominant offensive quarter, um, and they showed up in the third quarter, especially, but in the second half, <sighs> and just another abysmal night for us shooting the ball. I got the uh, stats here; they're terrible. Heads up. <laughs> Um, our leading scorers per use were Filipina Che, another good game from her, 19 points, 16 rebounds. For Chance Gray, 18 points, 
uh, which is solid, but still six of 14 from the floor. She was our best three point shooter, as in she was two of six. We went four of 14 from three point land, which for us is great, actually, <laughs> which is a bad sign. And we shot uh, ugh, 34% from the floor. One third of the shots that we shot in this game went in. Cool. Yeah. Meanwhile, we did help. We held them to 34% shooting from the floor as well. So that's the amazing thing. Like Kelly Graves' transformation of this team into a defensive one uh-huh. is working. Uh-huh. But, but he's not turning us into a winning team because you still need to outscore hey, the team. Brother, one step at a time. Yeah, we'll start so. focusing on winning games uh, in the offseason. Yeah. I mean, apparently that's the plan. We're going to have so much tape from this <laughs> season of where we grew defensively that that shit's going to become muscle memory. Next thing you know, we're coming out flying hot three pointers out of the gate. Nine zero. It's like what, what not to do. We have a full season of what not to do offensively. Well, yeah, so this is a great game for that, at least. So Utah continues being amazing. And then came Colorado, an arguably better team, mm-hmm. some might say. Uh, and they were certainly better than us. I can Time out. Much. Yes. Better than Utah? Yeah, better than Utah. Oh, I okay. mean, top of the pack, really. Uh, really? Like, They've had some huge upsets and are are a really solid squad. I mean, yeah, they were ranked really high when they played us. They were top five team, top three, I believe. And uh, they showed it, my man, because at halftime, that is, oh, and I should say that Utah game was huge, actually, because Grace Van Sluten was out. And she, our best scorer was out against Utah. So it was kind mm. of amazing that it was even that close. Uh, but Grace Van Sluten was out due to concussion protocol. Whoa. So back for Colorado, though. That's usually okay. a one week, one game kind of thing. Sure. Uh, we played, we took on number three, Colorado. Um, and there was there had to be some rallying in this one. We it was not a close game in the end, though. We lost 61 to 48. So we got swept by the mountain schools. And at halftime, Aaron, at halftime, 31 to 11, Colorado led. 31 to 11. Yuck. <sighs> we hit, well, we hit two three pointers in this game. <laughs> two. In a whole basketball game. We, and one of them was late. <laughs> and we had injuries just to just to pepper that in. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I hate it all. <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's just um, it's just the nature of the beast, the cause and rea- the causes of reality that float us through the cycle of life, Adam. I guess that's one way to put it. Uh, <laughs> Kelly Graves, it's funny, like because now how did he put it? He's in the position where certainly, like bad mouthing his team or being really harsh just helps him out in no way because no one's right. getting better. Like, there's no like, if only I was yelling at them more, they would put like there's just nothing right. to be gained from that. 
and he and he needs it to sound like we're moving in the right direction, even if we're not. So he said, uh, the whole weekend, defensively, we played well enough to at least compete and be close and win yeah. these games, Graves said. We just don't have enough firepower offensively. It's a struggle. It's a grind to score. We've got to find some answers. Yeah, I've All heard that quotes. quote before. He I know. Says that, like, that's, I tell you this. <laughs> he's got it dialed in now. That's yeah. every line. He got every line in. He's very well practiced now in that exact thing of being like, yep. we just have to find an answer. It's like, dude, it's your job to find the answer. Like, literally, it's your well, job. Well, I think he, I think we all know what the answer is. The answer is time, uh, players. And, and do we want to give him that time to hopefully? Well, the thing well, is, I'm willing to give him the time if our players, our best players, a.k.a. Grace Van Sluten, Filipina Che, and Chance Gray, all stick around. If they don't, then I'm kind of done. If they bail, then, yeah, there's... If they bail, then we see that the issue is that no one has... Players do not have faith in this coach, and they're hoping for something better. Yeah. So, therefore, maybe we shouldn't have faith in the coach, but uh, you know, it's tough to tell because you want to get on those bandwagons, but then you feel bad because you're like, you know, I don't know. I'm not there. I don't know what's actually going on. Uh, well, but, I mean, they're not shooting well. And so that's all that really matters. <laughs> I'll tell you this. Um, the, at the beginning of this season, I feel like I came into this uh, season with the energy of like, I've got to really ring the fire kelly graves bell right right like so all can hear because people don't need to believe in stuff like that um now i find myself having to do that so much less because a lot of duck twitter a lot of the duck community just in general maybe people who aren't even duck basketball fans per se like they like football a lot more or something they just kind of somewhat pay attention they are starting to notice. They are starting to be like, okay, so we got to get rid of this guy, right? Like it, a lot of that conversation is being happened. Right. A lot because more. I don't know if it's happening for the higher ups though. Well, the thing, uh, here's what's tough about it to really parse out is uh, you've got two, you've got two points of interest here, which is one the player pool isn't great. You know, no. he's literally he having to, yeah. and he has had to reteach basics to, you know, not basic, not truly. Yeah. No, I mean, but you know, like sure. when you're getting, when you're saying we're focusing on defense and offense will come later, that's getting down to basics. Yeah. Uh, but also, he seems to not be awesome at recruiting. So the is the player pool suffering because of uh, his inability to coach well, or because he's just not good at good at getting people to come? Well, I think it's coaching because I think it's because again, you know, there was that time we had five five stars, all of which have transferred out. Right. Um. So it's almost like retention is the bad thing. You know what I mean? Right, which so then that would lead to it is something about either his coaching style or a mentality he is putting as precedent in the locker room or something. 
Yeah. Which, which, you know, the players, when we do win, which is kind of rare nowadays, they do seem to rally around him. Like they, I think they like him, but a lot of these, you know, when it comes down to like a Grace Van Sluten or Chance Gray or Filipino Che, I wouldn't blame them if at the end of the season, they're like, I like Kelly Graves a lot. I like playing for Eugene, but if LSU or South Carolina or something like that, uh-huh. Maybe they want me, and maybe I could play for an actual winning team and be a yeah, big part exactly. of it. Yeah, I don't know. That's what it you know. This to. is a much easier decision to make whenever you put yourself in the position of like the school as an institution that is required to make money. Yeah, or on the chance not able to make money to save money. At which case I would maybe be like, all right, well, the team is already bottom barrel. This guy's getting paid too much for having that level of a team. But so if you fire gonna- him because you signed that, you already did a contract. Like the cheaper thing to do right now, if you if that is, is what to is keep his him con- around for a bit longer. What I is forget, his contract? I don't know if we know the actual details, but I know he signed it like not long ago. Like okay, so you ride the contract and then you dump him and you bring in a rookie, a fresh faced assistant coach from like Kentucky. I, mean, I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind taking a little bit of a swing, you know, uh, but oh, yeah. like go, like going for like, oh, let's take a chance on this person. But uh, yeah, I'd also be down with a huge splash hire. Like we got the money. We're freaking Nike. Come on, baby. Um, but do we? We can't even get our games on TV. <laughs> you can't constitute spending a bunch of money on a head coach if you can't if you can't show that there's a desire for advertisement dollars. I mean, we're going to look at. There's 7,000 people. There's advertisements all around the ring. Um, Oregon women's That's basketball not McDonald's is not money. Deficit. I mean, That's we not- could have, we have the money in Oregon athletics. There's a reason sure. why all these transfers are yeah. coming over. There's a reason why I believe there's a pending lawsuit going on right now. Too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, not for the women's basketball team, though. Right, exactly. I it's almost like keeping Kelly Graves around though, like should get you the lawsuit because like, yeah. you're not taking women's basketball as seriously. Right. <laughs> I agree. That's kind of, yeah, that's the hard part to parse here is that I'm a human, yeah. so I'm obviously going to side with the players at all times. Or I should say not because I'm a human, but because I'm a civilian in this scenario. Yeah. So I decide with the players, whatever the players want to do, that's what they should be doing. Well, there you go. I don't know how to handle the Graves, the Graves situation. If players think they need to leave, then go. By God. It please. is a Graves situation, dude. Yeah. Um. So women's <sighs> basketball, as far as the Pac-12 standings are concerned, they're 11th out of 12. Wow. Uh, oh. And like our two wins, which which when they happened, because it was the Arizona schools, I was like, hey, okay, maybe this is a surprising sign of optimism. We beat the Arizona mm-hmm. schools, typically good. They have since, I mean, we knew ASU was bad, and they are bad. They are tied conference record with us, and they have we have one more win than they do. Wow. So we're above them. Yeah. Uh, and then but are we? Arizona's the team that's right above us. That's the other team that we beat in Pac-12 play. So they surprisingly suck. Um, 
but and they're above us right now. So, like, uh, oh, if we get swept this weekend, that is very possible that we are actually at the very bottom of. <laughs> but we're that close. We're that damn close. <laughs> yep. You don't even get to go to the NIT for that, do you? No. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, absolutely no. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Aaron. Is there a fate worse than death? Yes. It's not getting to go to the NIT. Uh, <laughs> I agree. Uh, I agree. Let us talk about one last thing, which is Duckman's basketball. You will be happy to know that I did, in fact, do a little bit of game watching. Oh and my so God. not only did I watch almost the entirety of the Arizona State game. Oh, my gosh. I also quickly zapped through the Arizona game mm. uh, because I have DVR capabilities. And I have to tell you, I hate Xfinity for all the reasons that you possibly can. Yeah. If there's an issue that you can have with a company and their service providing, mm-hmm. they got it. <laughs> uh, but one thing they one thing that works perfect is that college basketball on a DVR when I watch that on my phone mm-hmm. and I hit the skip button for commercial breaks it's 2 minute breaks so Ooh. I just go 1 2 3 4 Boom. Bang, I'm right back in the game. I swear to God, it's the best way to watch college basketball. That is awesome. That is great. Um, yeah, both the one thing games... Xfinity accidentally got right. <laughs> uh, one thing that's very fun. I mean, okay, so you know, we split these games. We beat Arizona State, and both these teams were hovering at the top of the Pac 12 play. That's right. We were tied actually with Arizona going into this weekend for first place in conference play. Now, I did not know that. We were tied, yeah, at the top. Beating Arizona for a little while put us, uh, sorry, beating ASU for a little while put us like in sole possession of the top, especially because Arizona lost uh, to Oregon State that I, same night. I did know that. In a buzzer beater three by Pope. Uh but I also heard that there was a lot of those. Oh, buzzer beaters. So, yeah. In that game, there was yeah. a lot of two seconds left on the shot clock, throw, trying to throw a three up, and it just magic. Well, <laughs> um, so for a minute, we were in the sole possession there, but then Arizona comes. They snap their six-game losing streak to us in at Matt Knight. Uh, right. And they beat us. And unfortunately, they beat us pretty handedly in that era. Uh, I mean, it was not like a blowout, but they had a pretty quick 10 point lead and they and were it holding stayed that on. way. Yeah. Yeah. It really it felt like us having that slow start doomed us. Because then they coasted but the whole way. That is the same thing, though, with Arizona State, though. It was a slow start. They were up by yeah. 20, and then by the end of it, we're up by 20. So yeah, you would kind of love to see that same scenario happen two times in a row because you're like, oh, okay, this is we're just one of those. We light it up second half kind of team. Well, like I said, too, um, it's hard to keep a good shooting team down. For the right. whole time, and against Arizona State, we were sh- we were like nearly like shooting seventy percent in the second half. Yeah. We were just electric, and I love the biggest highlight for me. There's a couple actually, 
One was Dante. Uh, you know, they someone passes out. Uh, so he and he dunks it, and after he dunks it, he does that little shimmy uh-huh. coming out. That uh-huh. was fun as hell. Um, also, Keyshawn Bartholomew, he's at the top of the key at one point. He's looking around, figuring out who he's going to pass it to. The uh, Arizona State player does that classic defensive, like kind of posturing move where they slap the floor. Have you ever seen that? Yes. Like, like both, both palms just slapping the floor to be like, come on, I'm ready to take you on. But the uh. second he does that, Keyshawn, like recognizing, goes like, oh, okay, so he's not paying attention. The right. second he does that, he just, just goes, whoop. just a whoop, little mid shot, hits two, like, tears him down. That was awesome. The announcers really had to point that one out, you too, which to. I thought was great. Because I was like, we all watch that fool. You have to call it out if it happens. There's it's some so good. There's some great, like. Oh, you did not just, you know, those kinds of movements. Uh, I think Arizona State uh, game was really fun. It was really fun because it was close. And then all of a sudden it wasn't. It's kind of exactly what you want. Really good crowd energy. Yeah. Also, Nate Biddle returning to the lineup. Two seven footers now. I was going to bring that up. Because first shot on the floor was a drained three-pointer, baby, looking sharp. And then he's like, you know what? That was so nice. I'm going to go take a pee-pee. I'll be right back. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That was basically it. And he's so tall, it takes so long for his piss to hit the ground. So, But he's saving time by having a longer stride. So in the end, it evens out with the regular man. It evens out. It evens out. (laughs) Um, Jermaine Cousinard is fast becoming... Our best offensive threat, I would say. He's so consistent. He's he was showing lots of signs of life in that game. He's powerful. He can drain clutch threes when you need them most. Uh, he he scored 19 points in this. Dante scored 16 points. It was really nice to see Dante and Biddle out there at the same time. Yeah. Well, you got more opportunities to watch Dante kind of be very good at both sides of the ball uh-huh i think because he had that extra that extra help out there he was able to get a couple of more you know starring role moments on defense as well because biddle would have it locked up on the other side so he get to have some time. absolutely and they didn't play like long, the big but... the big palm smash yeah. like not just that was mm. so good he should it's be on so the volleyball good. team <laughs> Oh, hell yeah, baby. <laughs> and the football team. Why not? Why not? Um, yeah, Biddle, he, they're clearly like slowly working him in from injury still. But the fact that he's yep. getting minutes, this is yep. huge. Like our full team is almost here. Oh, that was the big question I had was that I was noticing he was pretty much kind of off and on. Yeah. Almost it, the whole game. How many minutes did he actually get total? Biddle? Yeah. Uh, I may have it. Yeah, I got right here. 12 minutes. 12 minutes. Oh, that's not crazy. That's average. Yeah. Right? Well, I normally I think he would be getting more if he was 100% 20? healthy. Yeah, maybe 20, maybe a bit more even. Um, he's really great. Uh, but Dan Allman said he wants to pepper him in. Like right. he doesn't want to smart, yeah, smart. push him too hard. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, it makes I'm a still... dangerous. It makes a more dangerous team because now as the opponent, you have to constantly be switching between tall man, fast man basketball. Yeah. And, and like tall men that are like have energy instead of yeah. like <laughs> overplaying yeah. a Dante for four yeah. minutes, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so we won this game. It felt absolutely amazing. We shot, we ended up shooting 50% from the floor, 40% from three, which you'll love to see. I uh, like to point out, though, there was a moment in the game, I believe the third quarter, uh-huh. where we were shooting 80%. Yes. Yeah. So that was cool. Clip. I just want to say that that was fun at that one point, even though absolutely. it ended lower. I still got that B. Uh, off the bench. As he's been doing for so much of this season, and which yep. is why it's going to be a bummer when we talk about this next game, Keyshawn Bartholomew really showed up. He had that one great moment I brought up earlier, but he was five or six from the, fo- from the floor, played 26 minutes, got 12 points, and then against Arizona, unfortunately, late in the game, got injured. It appeared to be a leg injury. He needed help getting off the court. Judging from a lot of the reactions uh, from Dana Altman, from Dante, from his fellow players, um, it seems like it's a serious injury. We know he had to go to the hospital that night. It had to be evaluated. Uh, we, we're not 100% sure right now what's going on, but it's unfortunate for a veteran player, especially that's playing some of the best basketball of his career, if not the best basketball of his, like truly coming in his own right now, becoming mm-hmm. like the sixth man, uh, becoming a player that like when we needed somebody to do something, he was the guy we were sending in and he was answering. Um, really unfortunate that he got injured. Uh, we'll see if he can come back. Hopefully he can. Fingers crossed. We do not know as of right now. And on top of that, we lost the game. It was a game that if we would have won this one, if we would have been first place with a bullet, we would have had a tie-breaking win over Arizona. We would have added to our streak, but Arizona came to play. I think that's really what it felt like. Specifically, oh my God, Love on Arizona side, Caleb Love. (laughs) Nothing was going to stop him. He almost broke the record for points scored at Matt Knight arena. Like he was just unguardable. Wow. So Dana Altman against Arizona state said that the reason why we won is because of increased defensive effort. He said, we took some questionable shots there and that's being nice. That got us out of rhythm. And defensively, we had eight deflections. The first, uh, the whole first half, We had 27 the second half. That gives you an idea of the difference in the intensity. So it's all about the intensity of the defense is what helped us out in that second half. Mm -hmm. Arizona, we we just looked out of sorts defensively from the get-go. They ran out to a real quick start. And, oh, my God. Apparently this podcast bores me. Um, Why? We just had terrible – because we're talking about an Oregon Ducks loss. I hate it. Yeah, it's the Um, worst. We, I mean, we allowed 45 points in the first half, 42 in the second half, 87 to 78. We lost in the end, and it honestly wasn't even that close. Uh, they just, they were on, man. Caleb Love specifically cracked the game open for the Wildcats. He left this game 39 minutes, 36 points. <laughs> he almost scored one point a minute. The classic Aaron stat line there. Uh, yeah, dude. No you one know, had a great game. Dante had a good game. He got 19 points. Um, only, only five rebounds. 
20 points from Kuznard. Kuznard had a great game, honestly, but yeah. You know what I realized, Adam? What's that? For my one point per minute plan to work correctly, Mm -hmm. you have to have three players uh, doing it. Achieve that? Well, you're probably going to win that game if that happens. That's for sure. Yeah. My point is, uh, I just need one player to score me seventy points. That's it. Yeah, I just need, uh, I just need one station to televise our women's game so that we can prove that there's value there, (laughs) and maybe Uh, we'll actually have player retention. That'll never happen. That'll never (laughs) happen. Uh, Fourteen turnovers really, really hurt us, and they were sloppy ass turnovers. Yeah. Uh, and Arizona has a pretty damn good squad. I mean, they're the best yeah. in the Pac-12 right now. For a they reason. stayed strong, nine points ahead of us. I did see somebody on their squad got an injury uh, at halftime, but I'm assuming they're okay. I do believe so. Uh, I th- I want to say it was um, pa- uh, Pele Larson. I want to say, but yeah, it was somebody that they that they liked. He came back though. They played strong, and uh, okay. what can I say, man? That that sucked. Spe- the injury good. to Keyshawn blows that yeah. stinks that really hurts i did uh, see yeah. also i'm fairly certain a uh rebound by dante and he even brought that back for two points i think right is that is there truth inside that reality did he do uh, that probably i'm willing to say yeah okay let's Aaron, say he did it three times then we've got the arizona schools out it's a road trip to la i said it <sighs> I meant to say LA schools. Uh, February first, we're playing USC, and on the third, we're playing UCLA. Uh, but neither of those schools are good. Surprisingly, UCLA is nine and eleven, four and five in conference play, and then USC is the very bottom of the Pac-12 with only two conference wins. We sh- we should beat both of them. We very could lose mm. either, though. Especially you know you. You said once uh, at the beginning of this season that we should beat a certain school, and then they ended up beating us. Well, yeah. I mean, what could I say? But wait, uh, was that the women's team too? Probably. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> we Who are was that tiny school from Southern California, Santa Clara. Yeah, they beat us. They beat both of our teams. Actually. Right. Okay. That's what I. That's what it was. It was both of them. That's yeah. Um. <laughs> So we're tied with Arizona technically at the top, but they have the tiebreaker. Sure. But hey, I mean, it's a really tight competition. We could we could solidify. I mean, we could get to number one overall this weekend if the cards play out right. We could drop down three or four spots if they don't. So all things have happened in the past. All things will happen in the future. That's a beautiful way to put it. Aaron, any words of wisdom to take us take us out of this out? Uh, I think I just said it. <laughs> oh, shit, you did. Fuck. <laughs> well, I don't know. Quack, quack. Uh, quack, quack. Bye. Go dicks. Go dicks. <laughs>